0: Hello everyone and welcome back to the CDL podcast channel. In this episode today we are going to be going over some reactions to the CDL Pro-Am as well as some reactions to some news coming out and predictions for week one of the CDL major three qualifiers which are coming right up this weekend. Uh, So before we get into any of that be sure to leave a like comment and subscribe if you enjoyed, and you're on YouTube as well as drop a follow and a review on any of the audio platforms if you're listening there. Uh, the support in the last video was really good for kind of a return video from the midseason break, so I really appreciate that. Um, we're just going to dive into news right away on this one, though. Uh, just me solo again today, but uh, might be a little shorter episode because of that, but we're still going to really dive into all of uh, the matches for the coming week as well as the pro-am. Uh, before we get into that, like I said, though, some news. Silent mantle and grunting uh, is added for all operators. So it looks like, uh, according to the patch notes, they silenced all that, which is a huge W because um, audio cues in games are interesting, but uh, I'm not a huge fan of them. Like when you have grunting or every time somebody mantles, like in Cold War, the person would like scream every time you mantled, and it was like, oh, you can hear them coming. Because like, I do think if somebody could be punished for not using like ninja, that's a good thing if their footsteps are going to be like slightly louder or something, but I don't necessarily think it's a good thing to have every time they make any kind of movement on the map, have them make some crazy noise to kind of bail people out with audio cues. So kind of a W there. Uh, some more roster type news. Illy is likely not playing on Friday in optics first set of matches, uh, still dealing with that thumb issue. So he's potentially not playing, which could be a big deal for optic. If his absence keeps getting extended, obviously optic potentially the best team in the game. Um, if they're not the best team, they're right up there competing. We expect them to compete for a major championship at every major left, uh, unless something crazy happens. So Illy not being able to play is obviously a big deal. Um, we'll talk about Optic in a little bit at the major. They obviously didn't look too bad uh, without Illy, but, I mean, they're always going to be better with their starting lineup. They they sure hope to have Illy, so that could be something major to look at uh, coming up if he continues to have an extended absence. Um, then a little bit of uh, talking about the viewership. At the pro am, uh, yikes, peak viewership was 53,542 viewers for the Toronto NYSL match. Which I want somebody to like pull up some stats besides, like, maybe like an event where optic is like instantly eliminated. Uh, how many times is the peak viewership not an optic match? Because typically, uh, in the past, optic is always good enough to at least be like around on Sunday or like a late Saturday match for like top six at least, and then like that's always the peak viewership because it's optic. Uh, this is probably one of the first times in a very long time that the peak viewership match isn't an optic match um i guess maybe at major two it wasn't because they got knocked out relatively early but it's almost always optic at the peak viewership at any tournament uh but 53,542 being peak at a tournament is like legitimately horrible for the cdl typically like 50 something thousand is like around an average viewership uh definitely not a peak uh and the total average viewership on the event was 26,345 um I'm really shocked that the Toronto NYSL match was the peak viewership because, uh, it is two good teams. It was a semifinal, but it wasn't the final. Uh, and you would figure like the final, especially with the team like LA Thieves, who are also a very popular brand, uh, and that being the final, you would think that that would probably end up being the peak, but I guess not. Uh, I think this kind of leads me into the next topic I wanted to talk about though, and that is the mid-season break, uh. The midseason break has got to go. Uh, that plays a giant, probably the biggest factor into the reason why the viewership was so low at this event. And it's it's because, like, you lose a lot of steam. Uh, I've heard plenty of people talking about this over the last few days with how the viewership looked. But, I mean, we had, like, the major tournament for uh, Major 2 be, like, right in the beginning of April. Uh, it was April Fool's weekend, <laughs> uh, April 1st. So, like, that end of March going into the beginning of April was the last event and then from there on out, from that Sunday, April 3rd, we didn't have like anything CDL besides that Warzone Rebirth tournament, which I don't really count, uh, until May. Like It picked back up uh, end of April, going into May for that event. Like That's just absolutely wild um, that we had to wait basically a full month uh, to have any more CDL action. It wasn't even like official CDL action. It was a tournament for cash, but it had nothing to do with CDL points. So it's wild we had to wait that long. I mean this would maybe be kind of logical still not really, but it maybe would make a little more sense if this was to come after, like, um, after we start the season in November or December, like right after the the game drops. Uh, and then we have like a break in May because people have been playing for six months straight and you give them a mini like all-star break, kind of like the NBA does or like the MLB does. But in this case, we didn't start till February anyways. Like we don't start till months after the game comes out, uh, so I think this midseason break has got to go. Uh, the whole schedule, really, for the CDL should be flipping around. Like we shouldn't have this giant break in the middle. If we do, it should be like a, a week and a half break or something where they have an all-star weekend, like you see sports like the MLB and NBA do, and move it up. Because I remember during Black Ops Four, I don't know how many of you remember or really, really were around for that time, but Scump was streaming uh, like a Black Ops Four. I don't know if it was like a 2K or it was like some kind of like kickoff tournament. And I believe they were playing, I can't remember who they were playing this in the finals, but it was uh, the Optic team with Dashie, TJ, uh, Karma, Krim, and Scump, And they were absolutely destroying everybody in that tournament. Like, far and away best team like dominating everyone and then they get to grand finals and like scump already had like 80k 90k viewers for just a random tournament because it was like the beginning of black ops 4 and there's so much hype and then ninja hosted him and he was like well over 100k like he was going absolutely crazy like crazy viewership like better viewership than the cdl tournaments do now uh it would have beat all the records for this year's cdl tournaments and that was because there was such an early tournament in the game and it was it was an online tournament that like was just a 2K, like a simple thing for like a little bit of cash and pro points, like nothing crazy that really mattered that much, but it still had that much viewership. So like this midseason break has to go, they gotta turn it into like a one weekend All Star break. Uh and they have to like just speed the season up. Like get going into the season right away. I get not wanting to get into it like right in November, but like if the game drops like November fifth or like right in the beginning, we should be getting into the season like end of November, first week of December, like right away into it. We shouldn't be waiting uh three months, four months from the game drop. For the hype to die out because even if it's a bad call of duty that first month or two usually has a lot of hype and a lot of players and that's when you can really grow your fan bases getting the people that are hyped and maybe they'll get hooked on competitive cod even if they don't get hooked on the games i mean that's the boat i've been in for a few years at least now Where, I'm not necessarily a huge fan of the games but i've been so hooked on competitive cod that even if i'm not really playing the game a ton uh, like mw i literally didn't really play that game at all during the year because it's like the one cod i just absolutely hated I was still watching all the matches, still making the podcast, like super interested. So a little rant about the mid-season break and uh, what's going on there, but it's definitely got to change. Uh, that's really all we had for news since uh, the Pro-Am, not a ton out there. Uh, next thing I want to talk about was the Pro-Am a bit. I didn't want to go into it too long because I feel like it's done, it's over with. Like You guys have probably listened to all your podcasts already, uh, consuming content about people's analysis. So I was going to touch on like a few main points maybe, but I wanted to spend more time Offering up my predictions for the first week of matches for major three because I feel like that future stuff's a little bit more interesting, uh, especially for me to listen to uh, if I were listening. So, uh, just taking a look at the bracket uh, from this weekend. You guys obviously all know what happened. Uh, the eight teams that make it out all pro teams, no challenger teams uh, phase, optic, breach, thieves, subliners, legion, mutineers, and uh, ultra make it out. So, not like anything crazy shocking i would say from the groups um maybe people are a little shocked at like a couple teams who were eliminated early like obviously gorillas is pretty shocking for them to be 13th or 16th like dead last uh surge also a little shocking for them to be like the dead last position i don't think it's like crazy that ravens with a fill-in on short notice finish out of their pool uh, or finish like not in the single elan bracket i don't think it's also crazy that rocker coming off a roster change didn't make it out like those aren't like huge surprises i'd say surge and gorillas especially gorillas being the defending champs is definitely a surprise but uh like legion being the biggest surprise obviously but i mean like we know that optic and phase and uh even thieves and ultra who have been struggling a lot recently we know the talent they have uh subliners we know their talent boston's been pretty consistent all year florida's been looking good as of late uh legion's maybe a little bit of a shock but those other seven teams i mean we could have pretty much predicted. Like it's not shocking that they made it out. Um, super unfortunate for ultra Academy NA though. They go two and one in their pool and don't make it out uh, because of map record. I believe it came down to, and the fact that like, I think both their wins were three twos and then they lose three, one to Paris. So like their map count ended up not being that great just because both series, they won were three twos. They didn't have like a dominant three Oh, or a couple three ones or something. So super unfortunate for them. Uh then you get into bracket play. Optic beats phase three two. I mean that wouldn't be shocking if Ily was there, but uh general was playing and they took out phase. They got dominated in the map one and it was like, yeah, here comes a phase three oh. And then all all of a sudden out of nowhere, Optic's able to force a map five, and their search and destroyer looks pretty darn good all weekend, and they take them out three two, so kind of an odd situation for phase. Like really the shakiest point we've ever seen phase at in the CDL era, in my opinion. Uh, i mean in mw they weren't like winning a ton of events they were getting a lot of second places but like they were always constantly there in second place like we we know they have been at both majors this year they finished in second so um definitely not like panicking on phase but it, it is a little odd for how dominant they've been uh like we saw them even though they were getting seconds a lot in mw we at least did see them win a few times here and there uh so we knew that they had that ability we still know they had the ability to win but Uh, We haven't seen them win at all this year in terms of the majors uh, and now the Pro-Am. So three cracks at it. We've seen them make two finals and then this one they get top eight. So very interesting there. Um, Optic, honestly a pretty impressive weekend. I'm just kind of going down through uh, the winners teams right now uh, or the teams that made it out to bracket play. Optic, honestly a pretty good weekend from them. They win their match with Illy, go one and one in pools with General, uh, beating Minnesota and losing to Florida. Beat phase, like I said, obviously a huge win for them. And then they lose to Thieves, stall out in top four. But honestly, for playing with a sub on pretty short notice, it's not the worst thing in the world. Obviously, you'd potentially like to see Optic make a run because I don't think it was out of the question that they could have beat Thieves uh, and even maybe Subliners. Uh, they would have been the underdogs, obviously, playing with a sub in, but I don't think it's completely out of the question because they still looked pretty good and it's not like general is some trash player. Uh, Just an awkward fit on the team, because we obviously know General always historically been a main AR, kind of an in-game leader, a slower player. Obviously, kind of how Dashy is as well. Not so much the IGL role, but he is obviously a main AR, maybe a little slower player. So those two uh, obviously play the same role. Doesn't really fit too great together, but I mean, they made it work pretty well. Like, finishing top four uh, out of 16 teams is definitely not, like, something to be super ashamed of. Uh, Then also in this top side of the bracket, Breach make it out, lose to Thieves 3-1. I mean, overall, like a decent weekend from breach, obviously making out of your pools is good, but they kind of like show what I've been talking about with them the whole time. Like, I just don't know that they have the ability to compete with like the top, top teams. Cause they lose three, one to thieves here. And like, you know, thieves obviously make a final, so maybe they're getting better, but like thieves haven't been overly impressive this year by any means. So kind of a tough look for Boston. Obviously thieves make a run to top two with Kenny on the sub. Uh, you would expect them to keep improving since this is their first tournament with a role swap. Uh, You would expect them to continue to look good uh, or continue to at least get better, even if it's gradually. Uh, The one thing I will say about them is um, I wasn't able to catch every match this weekend. There were a ton of matches, but from everything I saw, like Octane was looking a lot better. Uh, And that's saying something because overall this year, this is probably the worst we've seen Octane look honestly for as long as i can remember back this year has been the worst i've seen octane look Uh, even when his teams were performing super super awful in like cold war and mw in the cdl era like he individually was putting up good stats uh say what you want about it they were like empty stats or however you want to interpret them because his team was losing but like he at least individually wasn't getting destroyed like a lot of his teammates while they were getting destroyed uh and then earlier this year like They were a pretty decent team in Major 1. I believe they go, what, 4-1 and in the qualifiers, and he's still not playing great. And then in Major 2, the team was bad, and he was, like, arguably their worst player. Um, Maybe not their worst player. Like, Kenny was pretty bad in uh, Stage 2 as well. But Octane, for a main AR and for what his standards are, was definitely not living up to them. But he showed a lot of improvement. Uh, I feel like Kenny maybe started a little slow on the sub but started to look more and more comfortable. Uh, Envoy. Looks pretty good overall, like he has all year. And then Draza really seemed to be an improved player at this event. Uh, I do think that the role swap is going to work successfully for them. I feel like Kenny was only getting better as the weekend went on, like I said. And Draza, man, uh, he looked a lot better. Started to look like uh, he was showing some of those superstar flashes we know that Draza can have. Down to the bottom side of the the single elimination bracket of the teams that made it out. We got subliners 3-0 at Paris. Uh, they obviously make the run to win it all. Really impressive weekend for them, even in bracket play. Uh they're 3-0 in Paris, 3-1 Ultra, and then 3-1 Thieves going 9-2 in that single Elon bracket. So that's that's pretty impressive, obviously. Uh, they had the full-sale comeback against Thieves, which had Thieves down bad in pool play there when they 3-0'd them. Um, but a good weekend from New York. Obviously, the Kismet pickup, they're feeling good about it right now since they won the event. Um, I'm feeling pretty good about it, too. I feel like Kismet is, probably brings a lot of good communication to the team. The one thing I really notice is... It was the first time there was a very fast submachine gun player that was willing to get out there and run and gun with Hydra. And it made it seem like they had a lot more cohesiveness between their sub-duo, like the most cohesiveness we've seen all year. And I feel like that's probably why we saw Hydra unlocked a little bit and why he was the MVP of the event. Um, making me feel pretty good because when Kyle and I did our early season like predictions way back in the beginning, I was you know, thinking with Clay and Krim, subliners would be a little better. Uh, I didn't think they'd be the best team in the game, but I thought they'd be good enough to be like top five. And that could make Hydra MVP, so I went really bold and picked him as the MVP of the season. I don't think he's going to make that because subliners probably aren't going to finish that high in the standings unless they, like, run out two majors or something and gain a ton of points back. But they just dug themselves such a hole that probably aren't going to finish that high. But a great weekend for them nonetheless. Uh, Kismet, Hydra, uh, and Paul, all of them besides Krim, congratulations on your first event win. That's a huge deal. A lot of people are debating if you should counter it or not. I mean... There was a lot of money in the line. There were 16 teams there, every pro team plus four AMs, uh, and they won a tournament. So I feel like with some of the tournaments we count, like if we're counting MW home series, this for sure has to be counted. So uh, shout out to those three. And then Crim for win number 38 now. Absolutely absurd, but New York gets it done. Other few teams that are left here in this winner's side, Paris Legion. Um, honestly, I think you have to consider it a good weekend for them. They battle back after going down 0-1 with some kind of BS stuff a lot of people were saying. Uh, with how they lost and like I believe there was like a map replay that happened and it kind of screwed them over and they lost the control because of it. Um they obviously get 3-0'd by New York, the eventual tournament winners, but good improvement from them. I mean, Paris, like we've said, they've seemed like they've been on the edge of being a solid competitive team for a long time this year, and then Rasha changes, Jimbo looks pretty poor in the beginning, starting to improve. Donnie Temp has been a top-level player all year. Uh John's had his flashes, and then also Tom gravity this weekend had some real pop-off maps where he was helping to carry the team and propel them forward. So shout out to Tom gravity. He really, really stepped up this weekend temp. Um, we know he's a superstar and aim labs tournament champion there, John, uh, he's been inconsistent, inconsistent, but you know, we saw some pop-up maps out of him and Jimbo showing some improvement. So Paris really, you know, I would say a top eight finish out of 16 teams, you know, finishing in the top half from where we've seen them pretty much the whole year is honestly a good step of improvement. And, Maybe Paris is looking to potentially try to make a run at that eight seed because we know what the way the CDL standings are. Like nobody is really out. If like any of these bottom four teams uh, are able to make some runs at some of the tournaments and win some, some league matches, like nobody is out of playoffs at this point. Like, everybody can still make it. So uh, shout out to Paris for the improvement. Uh, you guys know, I've been kind of rooting for them all year. Then down the bottom, we've got Florida and ultra. Honestly, I feel like Florida, I'm a little disappointed with this finish. Like, I don't think top eight for them is necessarily bad because I would say they're roughly like a top eight to maybe top six team. So it's like kind of where you'd expect them to finish, but I kind of had higher hopes for them, especially playing ultra in the first round. You know, ultra looked very good at this tournament, but they've been shaky. So it's a match that you would think Florida would be able to win. Um, just because we've seen Florida, especially at major two, they looked very good, very improved. We thought maybe they were turning a corner to not be that super inconsistent team. I will say it's very good to see them beat optic. Um, and finish first in their pool uh, and come out of it that way because you know we want to see florida show some consistency uh so the fact that they didn't come here and do the normal florida where they look great at major two and then would have just like bowed out of this major without even making it out of pools uh or this pro-am excuse me without making it out of pools would have been typical florida but for them to at least make it out of pools i like that but i would have liked to see them like. Take that narrative of them showing us they're like a fringe, you know, top six team trying to crack into that top four with the talent they showed at major two and like propel it into a top four finish here. They weren't able to do that, but I still am not completely down on Florida because I do think that they're kind of becoming more consistent ideally, but you know, still, still finished top eight. So not great. Uh, and then Toronto ultra, they, they finished top four, lose to the eventual champions Subliners, And. I would say overall this is a very big w of a weekend for toronto they won some hard points they showed some improvement i mean we were talking about toronto being one of the bottom like two or three teams in the league in terms of power ranking because of how bad their hard point was and how bad they looked uh but we've been saying the whole time if they can just get their hard point to a decent win win rate like a middle of the pack win rate we know that their control and their search and destroy is probably always going to be top notch so they can win series without being a top hard point team and uh they kind of showed that this weekend and they started to win some hard points so big improvements from ultra and i'm excited to see where they go moving forward uh then when we look at kind of those other teams i was talking about that finished towards the bottom don't really want to get into them too much but strike x finished 9th through 12th as well as ultra academy na like i mentioned for two of the challenger teams ravens and rocker finished nine through 12th uh new pickups into the roster with harry on london royal ravens and then havoc on minnesota um potentially looking at Minnesota to make some roster changes again. Cause seemed like, uh, their changes weren't really working great. I don't know that priest on the main AR, uh, is ideal. I, I don't know. I could see them looking to potentially make some changes again. Um, surge, like I said, and gorillas super disappointing. I mean, surge when, when Mac was healthy in major Two looked to be showing some huge signs of improvement. I mean, they were what around 11 away from beating phase. Like they were a potential team that at that major two, that when it was cracked wide open, like Surge were looking like a team that could potentially make a run all the way before Max health issues. Uh, so, you know, Surge, what the heck's going on? How are you not able to at least finish nine through twelfth? Uh, Ultra Academy EU kind of a tough situation because Harry uh, was obviously called up onto London, so they had to switch their roster around kind of last minute. Uh, team War finished thirteenth through sixteenth, and then Gorillas, so like I said, thirteenth through sixteenth, kind of a dead last. Um, wild to see as they were the defending champs, but you know that's kind of vanguard for you uh it's it gives and it takes uh giveth and taketh and you know this weekend for some of those top teams took it away and kind of wild to see because like overall that's just the way vanguard is like on one weekend you've got lag who can't be beaten search and destroy and they just look so dominant like how could anybody possibly beat them uh and then other weekends we see them and it's like this weekend where they finish dead last and it's like How is that even possible? Like, they were just the top team at the last tournament, but Vanguard is so random. uh, And with a month break, it's not the same. Like, usually you can carry that momentum into, like, the next week or two when you start to play your matches. But there was a full month off. Like, teams could have easily caught up. Uh, Now I think that we're done with uh, the bracket play, you know, Pro-Am. I think we can get into predictions. Uh, It's kind of the last thing on the podcast this week, predictions for the matches this week. Maybe go a little bit more in-depth here um i'm really looking forward to getting back to some regular matches because the program was fun for me but i was pretty busy overall like this past weekend and stuff as it starts to get warm uh you guys have been seeing me tweet about the bucks a lot i've been going to pretty much every bucks playoff game because it's not too far of a drive for me uh, and i've been able to get tickets for pretty discounted like cheap price uh so i've been going to like every bucks playoff game i can so kind of been not able to fully catch everything but i'm excited to finally like you know chill get on more of a regular schedule where there's not five matches going on at once or four matches going on at once that i have to uh really get into uh i can actually like individually watch each match kind of digest it that way so i'm just overall really excited to you know get into watching it like i said so looking at the schedule here um pulling that up we got three matches on friday back to normal to, to the four matches on saturday and then three into sunday man we've got some good matches on friday so ones i'm interested to see uh both optic phase are playing thieves are playing like a lot of the big marquee brands are playing first match uh thieves versus ravens interesting one here because obviously thieves take second at the uh at the pro-am i keep wanting to say major for some reason at the pro-am uh they look very good, very improved. Uh, I think they're going to keep improving. Like I mentioned with Kenny on the sub, uh, and London Royal Ravens, obviously working in Harry. I do think Harry's a very talented player. Um, they're like teasing on Twitter a little bit that, uh, what is it? Um, zero switching to a sub, uh, and they're like switching nasty to a flex or something. And then, uh, maybe Harry's playing main. I don't know. It's all kinds of weird stuff going on there. Uh, they're switching around their rosters and stuff. Um, Kind of looking at the history of the map records here, though, uh, London likes to pick Berlin for their hard point or Gav, one of the two. Uh, And we obviously know that they veto Bocage in every series. That's like they have had 17 vetoes. They vetoed Bocage 15 times. Uh, Like it's their auto veto. Uh, And then looking over here at Thieves in terms of their vetoes, uh, they like to veto Bocage as well. So you'd expect them not to be playing that. Uh, they also don't mind playing Berlin and they love playing Gav. So I'd expect this to be a Gav Berlin series, kind of ego challenge each other on each other's maps. Um, in terms of S and D both teams are, you know, not the greatest S and D team, uh, not super impressive at all thieves 13 and 21, um, London on the other side is where's their record at, um, 11 and 13. So like eh, overall neither team great in search and destroy. Um, control wise there's neither team that's like really dominant either because both these teams have kind of had bad stretches as of late Um, I'm gonna go ahead on a limb and say thieves are gonna win here I just think that maybe London needs a little bit more time to mesh uh, with Harry as the new pickup Uh, I think that they can get to a point where they're actually like in a solid place but right now I think it's maybe a little quick uh, and I do think we're gonna see thieves kind of show some fast improvement I don't know if they're going to get to the top level. But I do think they're going to keep looking better. So I'm going to pick Thieves in a 3-1 fashion here. I really think uh, Thieves are going to be able to take that um, that map 4 hard point. Obviously if they're winning 3-1. Uh, I honestly think they probably take the map 1 as well. I think they probably lose uh, the search or the control in the middle there. And take a 3-1 over Ravens. Uh, second match, Optic Gorillas. This one maybe looked a little better before we saw Gorillas kind of stall out. However, like we mentioned, Illy likely not playing on Friday is what... Uh, cdl intel posted so that makes this match a lot more interesting maybe opens the door a little bit more for gorillas um i think i'm still leaning optic here though i feel like they looked very good with general they finished top four uh gorillas obviously can have the same roster and they were finishing uh, top 16 uh dead last i think i'm gonna go optic here i think i'm gonna go probably in a 3-1 fashion just because i think with the sub in general i could see it being you know i'm gonna go 3-2 i'm gonna go 3-2 optic i think it's gonna be a close series i do think uh, with Illy, this is probably more of a three-one, uh, three-zero. However, you know we see we see Optic with General not look terrible, but certainly not as good as they are with Illy with how the roles don't make as much sense. Uh, probably expecting to see a Berlin in this series. Uh, Gorillas really like Berlin. Optic seems to be more willing to play it as of late. Early in the year, they like didn't really touch Berlin. They're four and seven uh, overall on it. It is their most vetoed map, but I could see them playing it because. I can't imagine Gorillas are gonna to want to play them on Volcage, even though Gorillas don't mind playing Volcage. Uh, they're two and five on it. Their most veto map is Gab. Yeah, I'd expect this to be like a Berlin Cage series uh, because I think Gorillas are gonna to want to get Berlin through, uh, and I think they're gonna to want to ban Tuscan, uh, even though they like to play it. I don't think they'll ego uh, Optic on Tuscan, especially with the Volk out now. But I think this is has a three-two written all over it uh, to the side of Optic. Um, like I said, Jordan General probably adds a map uh, for LAG just because of the lack of time they've had together. Not that I think he's a bad player, but his role in this team doesn't make as much sense. Uh, and the Gorillas are still a team to be respected. I do think that they're definitely not at the high they were after Major 2 winning, but I think to say that they're like all of a sudden a bad team because they had a bad pro-am is, is pretty wild. Uh, going into the final match on Friday, Subliners Phase. This instantly became a lot better matchup because we saw uh, Phase struggle a little bit more than we'd expect. And we saw subliners come out with Kismet and win the freaking pro-am. So they win an event. Uh, This is a really awkward one because I still feel like when I look at these teams, like I still feel like phase are the more talented and probably better team. But at the same time, subliners are the hot team right now. They're the team that's coming off an event. win. phase obviously coming off a pretty disappointing. I mean, the top eight finish for phase standards is about as bad as you can imagine them finishing uh, because we're so used to seeing them in every grand final, like, like that stat of simp and a uh, since they've been together or really just Sim's whole career in general i guess uh, how he's basically in every single final at every event he attends it's like super super rare for him not to be so i mean kind of odd that you're maybe leaning towards subliners i actually think i'm gonna go phase three two here uh, i feel like a lot of people are gonna be picking subliners so when i make up my pickums uh, i'm gonna throw phase in here three two because i do believe um that still they are the more talented team i know they haven't looked as good no subliners looked great i can very easily see subliners taking this matchup uh and picking phase three two right now is definitely shaky because phase search does not look good like we're used to seeing it with guys like simp and abezi and even selling on the team even our cities, i mean these are all good search and destroy players but right now their search and destroy has just been shaky compared to what we're used to seeing uh, it's phases only match of the week so they don't want to have another loss and have to sit another week uh i'm going phase three two but not super confident in that because obviously subliners are the defending champs coming out of the pro-am but i don't know something about this phase team i just don't think they're gonna be able to held down held down for too long i think like at some point you gotta think phase is gonna win an event this year uh which another one of my bold predictions uh was every uh major is gonna have a different winner i didn't i said that we're not including the pro-am and like champs in this i was just talking all four majors but you know right now with lag winning and optic winning one uh i could see a world where phase wins one and then one of the other nine teams wins one i think that prediction uh of four different teams winning a major is looking all right right now, but going phase three, two in that one, like I said, and moving on to Saturday where we've got Paris first London, the battle of the two European based teams. Um, another one that like before into major two, you'd have thought like, you know, London, our top three team, this is guaranteed lock Paris or bottom team gets a lot more interesting now though. Uh, London, like I said, playing with Harry playing with a sub Paris uh definitely not like a top team by any means but looking a lot better and you guys know the way i feel about paris uh i think they're gonna win this match i'm gonna go bold i think we got nothing to lose i think people could get a lot of predictions wrong this week including me because we're still not really settled into where teams are like teams are gonna make improvements over this break and there are gonna be teams that gets worse that's just always how it happens over the course of the year because we got to remember that this is a month time that's passed like, some teams might not have been grinding as hard. Some teams might have been grinding uh, to improve their team when they were down. Like, normally in a month span in a game when we're playing a lot, like, you see the balance of power shift a lot. And I, I would expect that even in a break, like, the balance of power is going to at least shift somewhat. Uh, not saying Paris is going to, like, overtake London, but I still think it's going to take time for London to really get settled in with a new roster because, like, Gizmo early in the year was dropping 1.2. Like, he was, like, a top KD in Stage 1, like, to just replace that production. Like, they've been looking for somebody to replace that production since Gizmos, um, like, numbers have dropped off since stage one qualifiers. Like, they've been looking to replace that production. That's why they haven't been as good. Uh, I do think overall they can find a way to do it between Nasty, um, even Afro, uh, as kind of like the main Slayers. I think they can easily replace that production. I just don't know how fast it comes along and how long it really takes to all gel. So, I'm going to pick Paris. Uh, I hate to keep going 3 2, but I'm going to go 3 2 just because uh, I do think this is another tight series and I tend to default to three twos when I think it's very very close even though uh technically like you can have a super close three1 where all the maps are, are tight but I'm gonna go Paris three two in this one uh kind of a bold prediction I feel like second match surge ultra uh kind of a match where my opinions on the team have like flip-flopped from where they were like coming out of the major like coming out of major two my um probably my confidence in Toronto was at an all-time low I mean Probably as bad as we've seen Toronto look since Insight was subbed in was in Major Two qualifiers, tournament, whatever you want to say, in any of those. Probably the worst we've seen the Insight version of Toronto Ultra look like they were horrible. They could win a hard point. Uh, they showed big time improvement at the Pro Am. And then the other end of things, Surge, like we're kind of in a what if situation after Major Two. It was kind of like they were around 11 away from beating FaZe. Mac was sick. They still almost take out i believe lag in the losers bracket with classic like they still almost take them out like they, they almost like got it done uh with substitutes in in the losers bracket they almost got it done with the sick mac on stage uh, against phase one round away like i said in search like i was feeling really really good about the surge like this team is back uh they're gonna be able to bounce back and then they flop at the pro-am uh not that that's like an end-all be-all it could just be a bad weekend you know getting back into the swing of things but it's definitely not reassuring to see them struggle big time. Uh, it doesn't make you feel good about them. And for that reason, I'm going Toronto uh, in a 3 1. I feel pretty good about that. Uh, it feels weird to pick them in a 3 1 because that means they're guaranteed to win a hard point. And before, you'd have had to pick them in uh, a 3 2 and say they're going to go through 2 3 5 because they've been so, so, so bad at hard point, like I mentioned. But I'm going to go with Toronto Ultra in a 3 1 fashion. I do think that. They're probably going to come out, maybe lose the opening hard point, and then rattle off three straight. Uh, We know how good of a search team they still are. Uh, Just a matter of if they can win one of those respawns. I could definitely see a world where Seattle comes out improved and and proves us wrong, beats Toronto. But I don't know. I just like what I saw uh, out of Toronto in the Pro-Am. I feel like they're kind of turning that corner and maybe getting back to the team that we know they can and should be. All right. Now the next match. It's interesting. Optic, Florida. Um You know i'd say with illy this is a guaranteed win for optic but it isn't florida took them down with illy at the major they looked very very good florida uh, against optic i don't know how many of you remember back to mw but in mw florida absolutely had the huntsman's number uh they would always beat them when they played uh and now it seems like again for this little stretch here at least at the pro-am they beat them granted that's with the substitute in general but still they beat them uh and then at the the major two they knocked them out of the tournament like Florida has been looking good against optic and uh, this is assuming general still playing. I'm going to go with Florida. I'm going to go with Florida in a three. Oh man. I don't think it's gonna be a three. 0 I really don't feel good about a three. One. I'm picking way too many three twos and you guys know how much I hate to pick three twos, but I'm going to go three. No, I'm gonna go three. One. I'm gonna go bold. Three. One. Florida feels weird to pick against optic, especially in this match. Cause like when healthy optic is clearly the better team. I would say, uh, even though Florida beat them at Major Two, like I mentioned, but I don't know. I just like Florida in this matchup. Uh, I kind of re- I'm gonna say I reserve the right to change. If Illy's playing, I'm taking Optic in a three-one. Uh, if General's playing, I'm taking Florida in a three-one. Uh, and the reason for that is I feel like Florida's slaying ability is really really harmful to Optic when General plays because it seems like Dashi's not as comfortable on the map. Uh, General obviously isn't super comfortable because he's playing uh, a flex role that he's not normally used to. Uh, and then Shotsie and Skump are still frying and really dashy is too, but they just overall aren't as comfortable. And I feel like Florida is one of the slay heavy teams we have. They can really out slay. Um, Optic is their in comfortable positions. They've looked very good against Optic, have their number a little bit. And if general plays, uh, I think Optic is still just like kind of at a point where they're at a lack of practice. And I think Florida is able to pull it out, beat Optic 3-1 uh, if general's in there and Illy's out. Kind of a bold prediction there. Optic fans, don't kill me in the in the comments for picking against your boys. All right, last match of Saturday. Uh, It's the Mountain Dew marquee match here, it says. Minnesota versus Gorillas. And they do say these are subject to change, so I wouldn't be shocked if that gets changed to Florida versus Optic. Um, But Minnesota Gorillas, um, like I mentioned with Gorillas before, when we were talking about them playing Optic, a team that maybe our confidence in has completely plummeted because of uh, their recent playing going from a champion to dead last. Uh, But Minnesota, also a team that we don't know where to pin them because – you know, we thought maybe they'd improve with a roster change and they didn't look that great. They don't make it into bracket play at the Pro-Am and we're kind of sitting here wondering where they are. Uh, I'm going Gorillas and I haven't picked any of them. So I'm going to pick it now. 3-0. 3-0 Gorillas. I think they're going to bounce back. I think they're going to be able to win the hard point for sure in the control. I'm a little iffy on the search. We know how good Minnesota can be at search. Uh, I really wanted to pick 3-1, but since I've been only picking three ones and 3 Os. I was like, you know what, you got to go bold in something and pick a 3-0. And in the matches coming up, I don't see a ton of 3-0s. Um, I just looked forward to some of the matches, and I see a couple I want to pick a 3-0 on. So uh, that made me hesitate a little bit, but I'm still going to stick with my 3-0. I definitely think this is a situation where we could see a 3-1 or even a rocker win simply because gorillas did look so bad. Uh, and we know that the players on Minnesota are talented enough that at any point they could turn around with standy attached. Uh, priest of havoc these are talented players they could turn around um but i like the idea of the gorillas bounce back and i do think they're probably the better respawn team as they start to gel could be a great search matchup though if, if gorillas are able to hit that um ridiculous form they saw in major two winning how many searches in a row and rocker are the typical search team we know could be a great match of search and destroy to watch and learn because uh, it could be two two titans going head to head but i'm picking gorillas 3-0 don't feel great about it um but at the same time They are, you know, the major two technically defending champions of the majors uh, for the CDL point matches, so uh, I could easily see them pulling this one out. Now we're moving into Sunday. Final day of matches for the weekend. First set, uh, or first match of the day, Surge Legion. I know I picked Legion to beat Ravens, but it feels wild to pick them to start 2-0. I also think Surge are actually not going to look terrible against Ultra. I think they're going to start to show some improvement. I think they know that, like, roster changes are coming if they start 0 two and they start to keep losing because like that'd be a lot of majors in a row where like they start as like the seventh or eighth seed at both of the first two majors like if they start losing a bunch uh, and drop to like 0 two this week and they're bound to start at like the eighth seed at best at the next major as well like they might start considering a change because of how inconsistent they've been so i think they're going to pull it out here i do think this has five games written all over i think we see a a signature accuracy like nine to ten kill game in a game five and surge pulls it out Uh, I I don't know. This is, it's harder for me early in this major, uh, this major three qualifiers, uh, in week one to go with blowout matches, because like there are so many teams with roster changes and question marks that we obviously haven't seen in a month that it's, it's just tough to like really have a feel for what teams I think are clearly better. Uh, and then like some of those teams that I feel like are clearly better are like FaZe who's struggling right now, optic with a sub, like a lot of, uh, like outside factors going into that. But I'm picking Surge 3-2 over Legion, and I think it'll be a good match. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked. I I can see a world where Legion start 2-0 this week, which is, like, shocking, and you would think you'd never hear that. But, like, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility for them to beat a London team who's trying to work in a new player and a Surge team who's really uh, struggling to find an identity right now, especially with Paris coming off what we feel is probably a pretty good performance for them at the Pro-Am. Second-to-last match of the weekend, Thieves Rocker. 3-0 Thieves. Bold? Maybe. 3-0? 3-0? No, I'm actually going 3-1. Uh, I really wanted to go 3-0, 3-0, then I just realized uh, I was going to say Rocker getting 3 0 twice, and I already don't feel confident about that Gorillas pick, so I'm not going to say they're going to get 6-0 map count this weekend. I'm going to go 3-1, I think you all know where I'm going with this. Uh, Thieves take the three respawns, Rocker take the search. Uh, Thieves have been very, very shaky to say the least in search, you know, they did make a good run this weekend to the finals in the Pro-Am, but you know they got full sailed let's be real they got 5 came back on it and duskin uh, against new york who really isn't historically this year even uh, obviously it's a new roster but like overall they've had three of those players in the roster uh for a decent bit of the year or at least two in hydra and crim and they've been a pretty poor search team all year so um they got full sailed by not a top search team in new york so that's that's pretty bad their search is bad and we know there's one thing minnesota uh can hang their rocker helmet on it's it's their search to destroy. Even when they've been bad all year, they've at least been a very good search team that's been able to keep them in series and keep them competitive. So I do think they're going to be able to pull that out, but I'll go Thieves 3-1. to one. And 3-1 where I'm going with the last match of the weekend too. Uh, New York versus Boston. You guys know I've kind of been a little down on Boston. I do feel like they're a very good team, like a, a team that's never going to be an easy out. They're always going to play it tough. Like I can't see a single team in the league. Besides, FaZe kind of blown them out a little bit here and there when they've played, but like, I, I don't see a single team where like Boston is going up against them and I'm like, Boston's going to get blown out. Like I think Boston is able to play every series tight. I think any series they go into, they have a chance to win. I don't think that's the case for some of these teams. Like some teams, I just like can't see them beating certain teams, like in a big match, like a semifinal. I do feel like Boston going into almost any match has a chance, but when I see them in like the semifinal against like an optic in a phase, I'm just like, I just can't see them beating them at that stage. But I do feel like in any regular season match, I don't know. Boston could take anybody out. Uh, at any time and they're going to be competitive but like i just don't see them consistently able to be the top teams and right now new york looks like they might be um kind of bursting their way into that maybe top four uh passing up boston and i just feel like a 3-1 new york is in the cards Uh, i think this is another situation where boston probably takes the search or the control maybe even though boston hasn't been a a great control team i feel like they're gonna be able to get one map Uh, i do feel like they're the better search team so maybe it'll be that or maybe it'll be like a map one hard point they'll jump out right away something like that but I'm going three-one subliners, so there you go. Picks are in for this week. Uh, talked about the pro-am a little bit. Obviously, solo episode. It's going to be a little bit shorter without uh, two people really going back and forth. But it was fun. Uh, I wasn't able to catch like every match from the pro-am because of how many uh, matches there were and during the week and everything. Uh, it's pretty impossible to catch everything with four streams going on, but it was fun to watch, fun to watch some of those challenger teams go at it. And, and cool to see a team like Toronto Ultra Na a uh, academy going two and one in pools and like teams winning matches uh, from the amateurs. Cause it just shows like, you know, even when they were losing like a lot of the matches were very close to even, it just goes to show like, you know, the challengers scene is legit. They're not some scrubs out there that are like head and shoulders uh, below the pros, like so far down. Like, I mean, eight teams that make it out to single elimination are pro teams. Like that's not a mistake. Like the pro teams are elite. Like they're pro teams for a reason. Like people like to trash on even the bottom teams, but even the bottom teams that everybody says like Paris make it out into bracket play. So uh, it was cool to see the challengers compete, but also cool to see the pro scene kind of uh like show that, you know, they're the big dogs. Like they are the pro scene for a reason. Uh, I think it also proves that we do need expansion though, with a team like Toronto ultra N a, um, showing out and going two and one. And, you know, obviously under unfortunate circumstances, they don't make it out of pools, but they showed out and they showed that a lot of those players uh, on that team deserve a crack. Uh, And there's a lot of veterans out there on the bench of teams like Clayster that also deserve to continue being on a team. So expansion is very needed. uh, And that was definitely proven this weekend, which may be the best thing that comes out of the pro-am. I mean, any real fan has known for a while we've needed that expansion, but It'd be cool to see if it happens. Uh, it allows us to maybe have more tournaments that are pool play like this. And instead uh, of being single elimination in the future, maybe next year we get 16 teams with double elimination as our standard tournament, uh, with 16 franchise squads. But, uh, that's going to do it for this one. I really appreciate you guys watching. Obviously, like I said, um, kind of a tough little lull for me for CDL motivation here. If we're being fully transparent with the mid season break, cause it's just, it's such a long break and you know, like the game's not the best and there's just no news coming out. Like no content is able to be made. It's just, it was just a tough time. So I appreciate you guys coming out in the last video, uh, for their predictions and really showing support. Cause the support was great on it. Uh, obviously we're not like some huge channel that's pulling, uh, crazy numbers, but just to see you guys, you know, commenting that you enjoyed the video, um, dropping a like on it, just showing support. Um, Getting some views on it and just like showing showing me that you at least enjoyed it uh, or gave it a listen it is is a big deal to me. Uh, I really appreciate the support. Uh, thank you guys so much for watching. If you enjoyed on YouTube, be sure to leave a like, comment, and subscribe. If you're on the audio platforms, drop a follow on there, drop a five star review. I'd greatly appreciate it. Uh, that's gonna do it for this one. Hope you guys have a great time watching the matches this weekend. Watching any sports, you guys know. Uh, come the next podcast, the Bucks series will probably be over, so I'll either be down bad or I'll I'll be super happy. I'm sure you'll see some tweets about it because I love my buck. So I get passionate about it, but that's going to do it for this one. Thank you guys so much for watching and we will see you in the next one.